You're listening to the Side Hustle Gal podcast with your hosts, Danny Fountain and Caitlin Allen. Hello, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Gal podcast. Today, we have Alex Torres here, and I'm so excited. Alex is in the We All Grow Latina group um, alongside me and some others. And are you going to We All Grow this summer? You know what? I was hoping to make it, and unfortunately, I can't because I'm traveling a lot. Uh, but it's on my definitely. You know, I might actually. I have the weekend blocked, but I, I've been traveling a lot this. Month. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But yes, it's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. So if you are a Latin woman, you should hundred percent check out that group. Um, but I'm gonna pass it over to you and tell us what you do, um, whether it's a side hustle, whether you're full time. Like, what's the history? So I wear many hats, as I think a lot of women in this day and age do. Uh, so first and foremost, I am a mother, a wife, a sister, a community leader. And I so I have several hats. I am a life coach and transformation coach, speaker, whatever you want to put it. But I help uh, women elevate their consciousness around money, around success, and even uh, around their own personal well-being. Um, I'm really big into metaphysics and combining a little bit of the evidence base and also the holistic approach to elevating your life, elevating your mindset. I think one of the things that I'm the most passionate about is about helping um, people elevate their mindset, reshift their mind frame. So with my coaching, whether I'm doing one-on-one or I have the group coachings that I offer, I'm just really inspired and passionate about seeing that transformation within uh, women embark on shifting. Uh, The other hat that I wear is I'm a trauma-informed trainer for a private counseling agency. So I do a lot of uh, trainings for foster parents, uh, mostly Spanish-speaking. And I also am the founder of the Latina Connection, which is an organization where we want to help Latina entrepreneurs and professional women elevate their mindset elevate their finances because these are conversations that we're not having as women. I can only relate a little bit more on the Latina aspect and you get together with the group of Latinas. We're not talking about, are you creating wealth? Are you wanting, you're a business owner. Are you wanting to uh, develop a five, six, uh, a five, six figure business? It's like these, these, conversations that we're not having. So I want to change that in our culture. Um, I live in Central California, where the, uh, where the Latina population is the biggest growing population. I hate the word minority. We're not minorities. Uh, but there's still a lot of reframing that needs to be done around mindset. And so one of the things that I launched this year after working with a, a life coach that I've been following forever and ever, Amanda Francis, I finally invested in one of her programs and it's been life changing. Um, so now I'm trying to introduce this to the Latino community. And so within the last two months, I shifted a program that I had in my coaching business and I developed a four month co- coaching called the Elevate Latina uh, Mastermind Group. And we talk a little bit about transgenerational and cultural trauma and not in the way of like, oh, boo-hoo, me, I'm a victim, but to see that 
the way that we've grown up and sometimes generational stuff does get passed down, like around money, growing up in a very migrant community where all you do is work hard and just be grateful that you're, you're not in Mexico. That's a very limited mindset, but I grew up in a community where that was normal. So as I'm doing my own personal development and and working with my coach, I'm like, holy smokes, I had this mindset that I don't get to create walls because I'm a I'm a daughter of immigrants and I just have to be grateful that I'm in the U.S., you know? So just um, overall trying to help women, whether it's through my coaching program or through the Latina Connection, elevate their mindset and their finances. I'm really, you know, if we're the biggest growing population, overall women, um, why are we not making those six, seven figures, you know? So it's conversation when I get going. So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Love what I do every day. I'm like, oh my God, I have so many roles and I haven't lost my marbles. But I think in between all that, I I put my self-care first. So I have my daily structure of like, I come first, first me and then we. So Alex takes care of her mental, emotional well-being every morning before I, you know, hit the ground running. I meditate. I practice gratitude. I journal. I do self-love affirmations. I make sure that I'm in my power before I hit the ground running every day. And that really impacts every role that I have as a mother, as a as a, as a wife, as a business owner, as a leader, as a, a trainer. So all these roles need Alex to show up 110%. You know, I can't be serving from an empty vessel. So um, speaking of like, it's my hustle. It started as a side hustle. I never thought in a million years that I would be embarking in entrepreneurship. It just kind of, in 2014, I hit rock bottom in the middle of my master's program. I have my master's in marriage and family therapy and a bachelor's in social services. I've been doing social work for 14 years. I started off when I was 20 working with the male inmate population and kind of bounced around with different diverse populations. Um, So yeah, I I hit rock bottom after going through a second marriage and being on the verge of another divorce. I call it completion. I was young and and just kind of like lost. I was keeping up with the Jones, kind of doing everything for other people's approval hit rock bottom in the middle of my um, MFT program. And I was like, I want to be a life coach, you know? And it was weird. Cause you feel like I have to go back to school for an MBA. I got to do this. I got to join the chamber, like all these rules. I don't do well with rules. And I just kind of broke the rules. I, I, I brag about how, um, I say um a lot, by the way. <laughs> I brag about, I'm trying to be more conscious of not saying um. Uh, I brag about how I have to contract with two nonprofits here locally in, in my area. And I don't even have a business plan, you know, but I believe in what I do. I, I have goals and intentions, but I don't have this 10 page business plan. I broke the rule. So, uh, yeah, so now it's actually this, it's been shifting into a full time. My goal is that at the end of this year, I will retire from the mental health field. I love what I do. We'll see. I love what I do. It's flexible. It doesn't interfere with my business. But as my business is evolving now, I have to contract. I'm, I'm, you know, obviously attracting more clients. It's going to require a little bit more, Alex. So I'm giving myself to the end of this year to fully, you know, retire from the mental health field and fully embark as a life coach and business owner. Yeah, there's so many directions we could go here. And I'm so excited. There's so much to talk about. Um, But I've got to ask you talk to entrepreneurs about money mindset. Like that's one of the main things that you do. Side hustlers are notorious 
for not investing in their business, but perhaps they're the folks that should most because they have that uh, like nine to five job income that they could be, that they could take a portion of and use to invest in their business. So talk about that as a side hustler, as you're starting a business, um, what advice would you give on like planning how you invest, planning on how you buy education, planning on those things? You know, I would say that one of the biggest contributing factors to my business developing has been investing. That means hiring a coach. I've in the last five years, I started my business five years ago. And one of the most, and I'm not tooting my own horn by any means, but one of the biggest things that I did that was a catalyst, you know, that propelled me was hiring a coach. It was scary. It's just the unknown, you know, and investing. I started off with $300 for a six week course, but that was scary for me. That's $300. Uh, and that changed my life within two months of hiring my coach. I had my first paying client. I didn't have no website. I didn't have no business cards, but I had this passion and tenacity and I was out there doing my call to action. I was asked to speak for 10 minutes at this event for women that were healing and they wanted me to bring them back with my energy. And of course, at the and I'm like, I do my call to action and I have this woman who, who's an RN, a registered nurse. I'm ready to work with you. And I was like, wait, holy, in my head, I'm like, I don't have anything. I'm just, you know, I just said I'm a life coach, which, which I, I am, of course. But, you know, it was like, I don't have this and that. So that, that investment led me to see the value of investing, whether it's hiring a mentor, whether it's going to workshops that you need to develop yourself, whether it's um, outsourcing, you know, I, I tried for a while to develop my own website. I couldn't. And I had to out outsource. And I outsource not from a way like, oh my God, I'm spending money, but the, the investment in my money and the time, you know, so I've learned that I can't do it all. I think that self recognition of like, I can't do it all. I need to outsource. I need to outsource someone to do my you know, my logo. So I've learned now to see that the value in time I spent one day, I spent like a whole entire day trying to develop a website with the new platforms now like Wix and all of that. I, I can't, that's not my forte. So I was like outsource, like the, I could have done something else with those eight hours. I could have developed content, you know? So being aware of that and not being scared, like I, with everything, it's a, a risk, but I, the value, when I invest in my business, I know that the value is going to be 10 times full. And I just have that mentality. I know that my, my business is my baby. It's my passion. So I've developed that ability to see it as like something positive and not like, oh my God, it's a waste of money. So I think you have to shift your, your, you have to really look at your business. Is it, is it your baby? Is it your passion? Is it just a hobby? Because if it's just a hobby keeping you busy, then no, you're not going to want to invest in it. You're not going to see it as, as, as something valuable. But if you see like, this is my passion. I don't care if I have to die for it. Like, that's how I see it. Like my vision is big. And the more that I put into my business, the, the more that I know it's expanding me. And I do, you know, the fact that I've been able to invest in my business, that's why I've gone from tripling my income. You know, that's why I've gone from more opportunities this year. So there's so much value in that, but you have to really look at, is it just a hobby or is it your, your passion? Are you ultimately desiring to be a full-time, you know, business owner or doing what you, your purpose is full-time? Yeah. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's so good. And I I just want to bring this back a little bit to culture as well. Um, as everybody knows, I'm white, um, so I can't talk to the Latina culture. But I can say from working and living in a um, very cultural, diverse area. So I used to work down in Ajo, which is tricultural Mexican, Tanatham, and white, um, that the women that I saw that were working, that were in the Mexican um, community, I guess, um, were all very quiet about what they did. They never really spoke up about their businesses. They did them on the side, but they, they never really took ownership in what they were doing, or at least talked about it um, in a bigger sense, I guess. Um, do you think that's something that's cultural? You know, you hit a good point. That's one of, you know, contributing factor to me launching the, the Latina Connection. And I, I've done my background, you know, I, anything from being oppressed as women, uh, we're not risk takers. As, as culture, it's like, just get, be comfortable. Also, because family is everything, we're scared about what our family's gonna think. Like, for example, uh, my mom, my family thinks I'm crazy. I started a business. I didn't pursue my licensing. I'm totally little by little uh, diverting myself from the mental. I'm not following the rules. So that's scary. So I think because we value our family so much that we're scared to step out of our comfort zone for fear of what rejection. And I've done a lot of inner work in the last five years that I'm okay with that. Like, I know that my family thinks I'm crazy. You know, I know that, you know, I'm in a place right now where my mom and me are not on talking terms just because, you know, I just, I've learned to build boundaries. Not that I hate or I don't love them, but I've gotten to the point where it doesn't matter who you are. If you're not being kind and loving and you're just bringing me down, I'm going to have to put you on a pedestal and love you from afar. And it's hard for a lot of people, especially in the Latino community. Family is everything. Like you're supposed to tolerate crap, even if it's like, I'm like, no, but that's not bringing me joy. You're being, you know, causing more damage. Why do I have to tolerate you? Even if you are a loved one. So I think that, and also uh, these subconscious beliefs that we carry that have been passed down through transgenerational trauma, whether it's, you know, not oppression, you know, or not feeling worthy, or who do you think you are? Who am I not to? And that's where I'm at, how, helping women shift that mindset, the Latina community, that yes, you can't be a badass and own that. And people are not always going to agree with that. And that's okay. So I want to help women shift those, those, um, limiting beliefs of what's my family going to think. And I, and as Latina women, we tend to be here to serve, you know, it's common in the Latino culture for the mom to be sitting last because she's making sure that everybody's taken care of. Like I've learned how to balance that and be like, I'm a modern woman. Like my kids can get up and help too. My husband can help too. And I kid you not, my mom thinks that's the like the most craziest thing that my husband helps with dishes. It's like, how dare he? So I'm breaking away from norms and that's okay. If, if, you know, if that's still like some kind of role for a woman, for my mom, that's okay. That's her truth. But 
that's not my truth anymore. So I think it's just, you know, you hit a point like we are, where like, oh my God, I'm a, like, be proud and loud about what you do. And there's this fear of rejection or not being validated. And, you know, I'm ho hoping through my movement and what I'm developing, helping the Latina woman uh, change that mindset that you don't have to wait for people approval. And it's okay if people don't like it. You're not here to create for them. So yeah, I totally get where, where you're coming from. Yeah, I've had quite a few experiences with um, uh, that, like, cultural difference. Um, I was pretty much adopted in by a Mexican family, and I saw a lot of different things that I was like, wow, my culture is significantly different. Like, we cooked all day for Christmas, and the men sat down and ate at the table before we could even make a plate. And I was like, wait, what? Like, this is so just different than what I was surrounded by. Um, and I think it's so interesting to acknowledge those differences. Do, is your view of the Latin connect, Latina connection, sorry, um, is it more of like a geographical thing or is it, do you want it to be bigger than just your area? No, I want this movement of higher consciousness to shift. Like, you know, I'll tell you something. I spoke at a Latina conference in East LA and I was a little nervous because LA, Los Angeles, like it's who, like it's big. Everybody thinks Hollywood and stuff, but I, even the, so like the, the mindset is different than it is here in the Central Valley. In the Central Valley where it's all farming and agriculture, a lot of rural communities, we're a little behind as far as mindset and openness when it comes to the Bay Area, San Francisco area and LA area. Uh, it's like those two areas are within their own little culture. And so I'm going out there and I was like, you know, nervous. I, and although the energy was different, women more were more receptive. The fact that I was at first going to not really talk about consciousness and the way that I deliver, you know, elevating your consciousness. And then that just kind of happened. I just started flowing with it. And a lot of, believe it or not, a lot of people there, there was like maybe two people afterwards that came out of both workshops that were full who said, I get what you're talking about. I, I know where you're at. But everybody was still kind of clueless when it comes to my community, the, the culture of higher consciousness, of the fact that you hold your power, that if you reframe your mindset, if you do the inner work, you can create miracles, really. You're in control. You're, you are that, that limitless, powerful being. So I know that these types of conversations are still fairly new to my culture, especially the women. So my goal is to shift that. Um, I know that even here in this area, I'm kind of like a sore thumb. I, I don't really, you know, I, I, for the most part, I don't go to a lot of community events because I know that I, they look at me like the crazy girl who believes in this juju stuff. And that's okay. Like, I, that's okay. You know, my tribe is out there. It's, it's interesting because my coaching uh, clients are all from the Bay Area. Like, they're not from this area. Uh, so I'm hoping to help women shift that mindset and be more receptive to, to their own limitless power. And it's a lot of work, you know. But if I can do it, you know, coming from a very migrant community, being a first generation Latina, um, going through, you know, I was a teen mom. I abused methamphetamine for three years. I was in a very abusive relationship. Both of my older uh, children's fathers are incarcerated. One is serving life in prison. So if I can do it with all my baggage 
and the the amazing the life the expansive life that I'm creating watching unfold now like anyone can do it so we all have a story but it's all about taking responsibility deciding that I'm not going to be a victim of anything I don't you know I'll wear my I hate the word minority I'm like no don't say you're a minority just even changing your verbiage and really like you know going back to like uh your business are you dedicated enough to your growth you want to live like that one percent and that's going to require you to do what one percenters do and they don't do the average things you know like i said i wake up every morning i have my morning routines every day i kitchen i just got chills I invest in my mental well-being. So I'm always reframing old thoughts when thoughts and disempowerment. I do that every day. I mean, I just I took a picture and put it in my Instagram. I'm reframing like I, I was going through some doubt. So I'm reframing, you know, I'm listening to positive stuff. I'm reading. I'm doing all these things that are enhancing my mental well-being and helping me become my best and highest self so that I can help others, too. I got to practice what I preach. I can't be like, oh, practice this, but I'm not doing it. So I embody what I preach. Yeah. This is such a good conversation, truly. I, I want to talk about baggage for a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think that if we think about baggage as a literal suitcase, right. men walk into situations and they set their baggage very nicely and neatly under the table and they're able to sit at the table and have the meeting and do the thing. And then at the end of the meeting, they shake hands, they pick up their suitcase of baggage and they walk out the door. Yeah. And women accidentally or intentionally walk into the meeting, drop our suitcase on the table (laughs) Yeah. It we're like stuff outside of the suitcase. Yeah. Like we're like packed. We're yep. a pack rat. <laughs> yep. You're like, you're wearing the jacket that has all the pockets. You're wearing the three layers because it didn't all fit in your carry on. And like your suitcase explodes on the table when you set it down. Right. What advice would you give for, I don't want to encourage being more like the men who put their baggage under the table. Um, but how do we get better about making our baggage work to our advantage? I think a lot of it is, uh, sitting in it and just being the gentle observer, like, yeah, this this stuff happened. And from a, from a place of not judging it, like, and the power about, going back and looking at your stuff or reflecting like, wow, I have all this stuff around me. The power within that is that there's opportunity for change and to let go and forgive. I think one of the key components on this journey of looking at my own baggage and being like, okay, here it is. Let me sit and sort it out. It helped me understand me more. I was like, oh, that's why I view the world this way. Oh, that's why I don't trust. Oh, that's why I don't want to take risks this is all stuff that I don't need anymore. It's from the past. It's, it has holes in it. Wow. Thank you for serving me. I forgive you and I let you go. So I think, um, it doesn't matter how you present it. I would say, I think it's more of owning it from a place of just observing it, feel it, own it, and then shift it, give it, give it away, give it back to its owner, you know, or just let it go, you know? So I think with part, uh, a part of that is forgiveness 
forgiveness of the self and I think forgiveness of others, you know, because a lot of the times those, those yucky things that we carry in our baggage have um, have impacted us and they have people that we love involved. And sometimes we have to let go and forgive and know that people were doing the best that they could, you know, growing up in a very abusive home. Um, I know that my mom was doing the best that she could and I had to learn how to forgive her because there was a lot of resentment. I knew that a lot of my anger and my fears and distrust, uh, not trusting people in my mid 20s and late 20 adulthood, uh, early adulthood was based on you know, the experiences that I had growing up that the, my caregivers let me down, but that's okay. I'm not there anymore. So I think you just got to look at it, look at it, own it, feel it, and then let it go. And it's, everyone's different. That is so spot on. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of our time. I think Caitlin and I each have one question left. All right. um, so I want to know coming back to money for a little bit, Latina women have the biggest chunk of buying power yeah. in the United States. Yes. We do. And yet Latina women are also one of the biggest in the gap versus the pay to white man is ours, like somewhere in the mid 50 cents range. Um, how would you encourage a woman like us who's putting together their pricing for their services, putting together the pricing for a workshop, pitching to speak somewhere. We need to double and tri triple check our prices to make sure we're not undercutting ourselves. But what practical advice would you give in the pursuit of doing that? I would say is know your worth know that you are worthy and own it, you know, and don't focus so much. I think a lot of the times we focus on like our people, for example, launching my ELM, Elevate Latina Mastermind group. I, so I'll give you this real quick story. I downplayed it because I had this subconscious belief that Latinas are cheap and they're not going to invest in that because the reality of Latina women in, investing in personal development is not very common. So I downplayed it. And for a week I was like, this number doesn't sit right. It just, so go back. Does it make you feel good? Is it exciting? And it wasn't, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so down playing myself. I know what I bring. I know my worth. So the following week I shifted the price to $1,200 within a day, two people signed up. Because I was, I felt I was behind that price. So a lot of the times, go back to your inner being. Does it feel good? Does it excite you? If it doesn't, then shift the price. It might be lower. It might be higher. But always let your inner being, your your feelings are your guiding system to let you know if you're on track. That 800 didn't feel good to me, but I was down playing myself because I had this disempowering belief that Latina women won't pay over they, they won't feed, see the value and then I had to do the inner work like who said this nobody what makes this true nothing I'm creating this little lie based on my own past experiences you know of being that Latina that didn't invest in personal development because I didn't know much about it what the heck is personal development we don't need that you know and so I had a shift that I did that inner work I realized they were all lies I sat in my stuff and then I was like what feels good what's exciting wouldn't it be fun if women really paid me twelve hundred dollars for my program and I changed the price. And within the next day, I had two people literally sign up. So I think you trust your gut, trust your gut and your worth. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's, I mean, that's a true testament of knowing to acknowledge and let go of those limiting beliefs as well. 
So as we close out the episode, the last question I want to ask is a fun question. Who would you, if you could choose anybody in the world that is dead, alive, I don't know, um, who would you have dinner with? I want to have dinner with Cardi B. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so on board. I was just talking about her. The fact that she went from a stripper to being the the most talked about person at the Met Gala. Come on. And that's because she's showing up authentic. Raw or not, is she appropriate or not? I don't know and I don't care, but she's authentic. That's someone standing in their full power. You know, so I want to sit at the table with her and just laugh and pick her brain. Oh my gosh. I totally want to be there too. Like, please invite me to that table. (laughs) Anyways. Um, all right. So as we close out, where can we find you on social media? Where can we find your website? Where can we learn more? Okay. So I'm on Facebook just under Alex Torres. Uh, my website is www.thealextorres.com. And on Instagram, you can find me under Alex Torres too, or the, the manifestation chingona and chingona is badass in Spanish. So the man, uh, manifestation chingona is at my IG. So yeah, that's how you can connect with me. Amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out. This is, this has been great. Awesome.